Amen. First Corinthians. Now you could preach that song. That's kind of a convicting one. You know, and uh it's truthful. You know, uh you can't just go to the Lord with something on your heart and not give it all to him. He knows that. And he'll answer you for it too. And that's always scared me. So uh I confess my sins regularly. Amen. And uh try to keep a clean slate and put all my all on the altar, you know. And uh anyhow. That's a good song. I'm kinda I don't know if I'm gonna be leading the songs or what, so it's I'm limited at the songs I can pick. I gotta know them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I appreciate Brother Dan being up here and Brother Dale. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I really do. So uh Amen. The Lord's been good and I mean, just an old sinner like me, so Amen. First Corinthians, if you would. Gotta make sure I'm in the right spot. I got all these notes pads around my house, and uh, my wife says, "You know, why don't you, I'll just get you an orange one? That way, you know it's which one to get." So, <laughs> and I got black ones, green ones, and you scribble on this one, you scribble on that one. You're like, "Where's that notepad?" She's all, "Which one?" <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> so, we're gonna start over in this orange one. Amen. So, First Corinthians. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, just uh, the gospel. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I thank you for that track I got all those years ago. Lord, and I thank you for the work you've done in my heart. Lord, I thank you for every single person here, Lord. And I just pray today, Lord, that we just, uh, Lord, just endeavor, Lord, just to draw closer to you, Lord, to get the idols out of our lives. And Lord, just focus more on thee. And Lord, thank you for this book, Lord, and the correction it brings us. Lord, thank you for your spirit, Lord, and just uh, dwelling in our hearts and Father, I just pray today for it. We just, you'd just be lifted up and exalted, Lord, and glorified. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. You know, Paul goes through, this is the, the Corinthian church. And as you read through this Corinthian church, there's a long list of stuff that this church is doing wrong, to put in a simple way. I mean, he addresses them that they are the sanctified in Christ called to be saints. And anyone who, who else has listened to this and reading it. And then you're going to read here on this how the, the Corinthian church was carnal. This is also, we won't turn there, but the church that started over there in Acts chapter 18. They had, uh, there's more corrective measures listed all through this first Corinthians. Just on how to act, how to be, doctrines, and what we'll get into is divisions here in chapter 1. I'm just going to try to cover chapter 1. And he goes through it. 
You got a chapter on abusing tongues. You got partial chapter on abusing the Lord's Supper. Chapter on haircuts, so to speak. <laughs> you know, a chapter on arguing amongst yourselves. Chapter written about immorality in the church. This is the longest New Testament epistle in the New Testament. That's it. He says there in verse 3, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. You know, like that that's given to you. That's given to you all. To everyone. And it's also measured too, it says over there in Ephesians. Some people got a little bit more. I don't know what that's all. I imagine it's how much you read. Who you're hanging around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How much you're trusting in the Lord? That in everything you are enriched by Him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. Enriched with utterance and knowledge. What a blessing! Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that. Ye may come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? God's going to preserve you. And it's who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I thought about that. That confirm. You know, it's a little bit different than it says over there in Revelation. He's going to confirm you to the end. He's telling this to the Corinthian church after he's saying this at the beginning, before he's going to go through and start telling all the things that they're doing wrong. So you know what? He's going to confirm you. Right? He'll confirm you. Not that you'd endure. So this must be a little bit different. Must be a little bit different, different time. Revelation must mean something else. I'm not going to get off on that, but. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's at the judgment seat. That, ter- that term of day of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's always associated with judgment. That's when we'll be blameless after that. Be a good day for some. As you're all on the altar. I hope so. Verse number nine. God is faithful by whom we were called unto this fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God is faithful. And here we start getting into this problem. Verse number 10. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment you know that's what will happen a lot in the churches it's just sometimes people don't agree amongst things it's that simple this person might have said something wrong but we all got to agree doctrinally it's important Paul makes that clear I mean that they all speak the same thing that there's no divisions 
perfectly joined together. I like how Paul wrote it over there, and I think it's Ephesians 4.16. He says, no, I'm going to say it wrong. I got it mixed up with Thessalonians. Let's just turn there. <laughs> I was trying to get it. I apologize. It's going to come to me as soon as I see it. Speaking of unity, and I've quoted it many times before. There it is. Ephesians 4, 16, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I mean, that is just a great verse. You know, there's things in here that you can do that I can't do. Telling people about the Lord. And we can still be in unity about that. Just because I'm doing something different than you're doing doesn't make me better than you. You're going to see a whole different line of people, Chris, than I'm ever going to see. And He's going to witness to them and however He can witness to them. And I'm going to witness to the people that I'm going to see and you're going to witness to the people you're going to see. But we're all in agreement that people still need to get saved. Amen? People still need Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to change this. It's not, oh, I'm of Paul. Not about this guy. Not about this guy can preach such a great message as he goes on to here, going a little bit further. He wants you perfectly joined together. Verse 11, For it hath been declared unto me of, unto of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. You know what the Bible says? Proverbs 13.10 Only by pride cometh contention. That's it. There's two people involved in it. Sometimes just one. Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised, there's wisdom. So you got to seek it out. Now this I say that every one of you who saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Well, there's so much for the, the rapture. Half the church getting raptured out. Is Christ divided? You can't divide Christ. He wasn't divided on the cross. The church is one body. So, puts an end to that. Theology. I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas. You know, it can get that way. I admit earlier on when I got when I first got saved, I was like that. I was real happy for a few people. I had seemed them better than other people. I think we've all probably been there early on as babes in Christ. And Christ, and then then the Holy Spirit says, What about me? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're supposed to give you all the glory, aren't we? I guess it was you that did it all, wasn't it? Wasn't this guy. He was just being used of God. And we forget that. I've been there. It's happened. Oh, what about this guy? I like that guy more than I like that guy. So what? 
What's that mean? It's contention. You esteem him better than the Lord. Holy Spirit's the one that's going to give you the wisdom. That song says, increase my faith. You pray for that, and then you're... Sometimes I'm scared to pray that anymore. I've been through the ringer a little bit. Dan, no, I mean, you ain't learning to listen to some of the saints sometimes. You'd be surprised at the blessings you're not going to get, especially in a hard time. Increased my faith a bunch. I'm not going to go into it, but... Man... I'm of Paul. I'm of Paulus. That guy's a better preacher. I am of Cephas. That guy's the one that led me to Christ. You know? Divisions. Divisions in the church will hinder your abilities to work together, to press on, to reach the lost, to pray together. It's a hindrance. devil gets right in there and says, ha ha, I did it. I caused a division. Yay. Well, I'm for the pastor. Well, I'm for the deacons. I don't know why we painted the church yellow. I think we should have painted it white. <laughs> Been there? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It just goes on. And on. I'm glad we I'm glad we didn't have that. I think church is beautiful. Be content. How the carpet is, what color. I like carpet. I don't like carpet. I like hardwood floors. I don't. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. I mean, that's what it can get that petty though. You know what I'm saying? And it can cause contentions, and it can cause squabbles, and it can cause church splits over something so stupid. They didn't ask me what color we should paint the church. Were you going to help paint it? (laughs) You know? They didn't ask me what color of carpet. So? Who cares? I was talking to Pastor Joe Brown. He took a church over there in Hutchinson, Kansas. He took it over from the pastor. He's starting to get older up there in age, and he took it over for him. They had a church split. Nobody wants a church split. You know what that church split was over? Honest to God. The church split was over. The pastor didn't help another guy go over and clean his chicken coop out. 100%. You call, I'll give you his number. You call and ask him. Over a chicken coop. What? That's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, that's how ridiculous it is. I mean, it wasn't even doctrinal. I mean, the pastor's supposed to clean the chicken coop. I don't think that's what the Bible says. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. But that's what happens when you start focusing on the wrong things. And that's usually going to happen from some disgruntled church member that ain't been spending much time in this. That's how that song was just said. I mean, how much time? You get joy from the Word, and all of a sudden you hit a little bit of rough road in there, and you know what? It just seems like it's a whole lot easier to, to deal with. 
<laughs> I know that I'm not, you know, it's, it really is that simple. I, but no, I'm just going to choose to be disgruntled. Why? Why? Read your, read your Bible. You, the Holy Spirit, if you lay your all on the altar, is going to help you out Amen. with your divisions. With whatever it is. It's going to edify you. And encourage you. Give you faith. You gotta change that focus to fellowship with God. Like I said, the Bible's often so often often sarcastic. Here's Paul. I thank God that I baptized none of you but Christmas and Gatius, lest any of you should say that I had baptized in my own name. You know what I mean? Like, ooh. That's a little salty. <laughs> Just a little bit. Imagine being in a church service and somebody said that. I thank God I didn't baptize none of you. They should you say baptize my name. You're like, wow. <laughs> That's the written word of God. But he doesn't want that credit. But Paul baptized people. You know, there's divisions amongst amongst getting baptized. Some people aren't for it. Some people are for it. I don't under, I don't get it. I was excited when I got baptized. You know, I mean, I get that you're not supposed to ba- baptize babies. I mean, I told my buddy Joe he grew up a Catholic, and I mean, it was one of the funniest things ever. I told Joe, I says, I says, Joe, he goes, well, you guys are weird. You guys baptize adults, and I go, Joe. People in the in the Bible only got baptized after they trusted Jesus Christ their Savior. They were all adults. And he looks right at me with the straightest face and he goes, My grandma ain't gonna be happy that you said that. <laughs> and he was serious. I mean, but I'm like, I don't know, tell your grandma, but that's the way it is. You know? <laughs> but if you look over at Mark, look at Mark chapter three. I was sharing this with the kids downstairs. Or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter three. You know, we've got some kids that might want to get baptized. And God forbid that anybody should ever hinder them from not wanting to get baptized. I sure, I want them to get baptized. In fact, I mean, this is just, I don't know how you could read this and, and argue against it. Because this, I mean, this is God's word. I mean, God's, I mean, Matthew chapter 3 and then verse number 13 says, Then Jesus, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said to him, Suffer it to be, be so now, for thus it becometh to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus calls it righteousness? Yeah. Jesus called getting baptized righteousness. I think that's good. That's pretty good. Then he suffered him. He said, oh, all right, Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. If you say so, God. <laughs> sure. And Jesus then was baptized, went, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened into him and saw the Spirit of God descending like above and lighting upon him. Oh, so there you have the Holy Spirit. And verse 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So it pleased God that Jesus was baptized. 
And in fact, the only time you ever see this in your Bible, this is the only time you're ever going to see the Trinity ever manifested itself in your New Testament. Ever. When Jesus gets baptized. You got Jesus there in verse number 15, the Trinity in 16, and God the Father in 17. Nowhere else are you going to see that. I just think that's a pretty big thing. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm over exaggerating that a little bit, but I mean, I hate, but that's, that seems pretty big to me. I mean, fulfill all righteousness and whom I am well pleased. Only time the Trinity shows up. Hey Amen. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> pretty safe. But, uh, verse number 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I apologize. First Corinthians chapter one and verse number seventeen for said, For Christ sent me to baptize, excuse me, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, that the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You know what? Paul was a preacher. He wasn't just going out there and telling people, you know what, you need to get baptized. That wasn't his message. That was that's not what he said. He baptized people, that's what he said. He baptized people. They say, you know what, I'm going out there, and he was a preacher. And you know what he was preaching? Turn over there to Acts chapter 20. Kind of giggled with Pastor a little bit. I was doing all my notes, studying up for this, and I stopped right here before I came to Wednesday service. So I'm only going to briefly touch on this like one point, and then if you don't get it, you can listen to pastor's sermon on Wednesday. <laughs> no. But Acts chapter 20, this is what Paul was preaching. And verse number 20 says, Now I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord. Jesus Christ. And pastor went through a great study on repentance and how we often just, you know, misuse the word or don't know what it is. But since he didn't turn there, I'll just say, you know, oh, well, hold on quick, real quick. He was also preaching, verse 25, the kingdom of God. And in verse number 27, he says, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So you know what? He's preaching this whole book. He preached it all. He's a preacher. And verse, turn over there to First Thessalonians. Definition of repentance. Pastor didn't touch on it, so I'm going to hit it first. <laughs> verse First Thessalonians one nine. For they themselves show of us of what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. There's your definition of repentance. And that's what he's he's preaching. Repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I like in verse number 8, this has been a memory verse of mine from a long time. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 
He says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. You know, God forbid that we just turn into a bunch of Jonas. I mean, I heard a preacher preach on this one, saying that preaching on affection. Those that are Christ have to crucify the affection. And he went as far as to say that you shouldn't have an affection for your wife. I was like, what? What about this verse? So being affectionately desirous of you, you know, how does that work? You're not going to love the people that you're talking to? You don't have a love for lost people out there in the world anymore? Are we a bunch of Jonas? We're just going to go hide somewhere under a tree? <laughs> You're not like me. So being affectionately desirous of you. We were not being willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. The Bible also says, set your affection on the things above. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe I should have an affection for the things of God, the gospel, the cross, what Jesus did for me, this book. Amen? Turn back over to 1 Corinthians. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made in effect. That's always kind of been a scary verse for me, especially as a preacher. You ever been around like a wordy preacher? Somebody who just got the gift of gab, so to speak? They're just a great orator? I mean, I know I've been there. I'm not that person, praise God. I mean, I don't like to, I'm not an educated person. We all know that, Mike. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've been around some. And it seems just like sometimes their message seemed more about how good it was and how well it was put together than it was about God. I don't ever want to do that because I know who I am. It's always just going to have to be about Him. You know, they put a message together and they think it's just the best thing. Or they'll say they're educated. Well, you didn't go to Bible college. I know a lot of preachers didn't go to Bible college. Pastor would be one of them. Power of God's on him. I know Brad Whitbrock, <clears throat> he didn't go to Bible college. Power of God's on him. I know a lot of people that went to Bible college. They had to unlearn a lot of things. God's not a system. You're gonna, God's going to have to teach you. You're going to find out. I mean, I, even Brad said something a while back. He, you know what? He goes, if your doctrine hasn't changed a little bit since you first got saved, you know what I mean? I was like, man, that's a good, that's a good point. A lot of things. Well, that's how it was. Oh, man, that's not the way I thought it was going to be. It ain't that way anymore. 
Some things they just ain't going to teach you in Bible college. Sometimes it's just a school of hard knocks. It's a school of God's going to chase you. A school that you're going to have to learn it that way. But that increase your faith. I kind of bunny trailed there. I apologize. Don't think too highly of yourself. I like how John put it. John chapter 3. Let's just turn there. We've got time. John chapter 3. Talking to Nicodemus here. Talking to the... How does it say, Art thou a master of Israel in verse number 10 and knowest not these things? Oh, this guy's a teacher. He's a master. Here God's telling him how you get born again. And he says in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know what that a preacher ought to do? A preacher ought to lift up God. We ought to lift up God, not ourselves. Not be of, oh, this Apollos, oh, this guy, you got to hear this preacher, you got to hear this, you know what I mean? What about God? God helped me. And sure, there's some pastors out there, pastors helped me a bunch, but God's helped me the most. I got to lift up God. And you look up there and look at that cross and what He's done for me, amen, tear might start coming out. Happened to me. That's why I mean, that's one of the songs I gotta, I can't sing it that much anymore. Near the cross, I can't sing that before I got, before I got to get up and preach. I start weeping and then all of a sudden I'm shot for a little bit, you know. Cause he's done it all. He says there in verse 30, John chapter 3 and verse 30, he says, He must increase, but I must decrease. Amen. You gotta remember those things. John twelve thirty two says, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. But you gotta put God first. Lift God up. Doesn't matter how good your outline is. Really doesn't. I've heard preachers preach a whole outline and it was good. And I get the purpose of an outline. Okay? Don't think if some guy's got an outline now, oh, you know, da da. That's mostly just to keep you on track. That's why I got notes. I have to. I'm not as smart as all these other guys. (laughs) But the thing is, is, I mean, you could read this Bible and it's perfect. It really is. And it'd be said perfect. The fact that I got to get up here and say a bunch of stuff almost seems like I ruin it. (laughs) Amen. I mean, this is God's perfect word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it sound better. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's already perfect. I mean, that's why it gets onto the foolishness later. The foolishness of preaching. Make the, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. Mark seven thirteen says the word of God of the word of God is of none effect through the traditions of men. You know what? I don't want that. I don't want to get up and people see that. 
I'd like the Word of God to have an effect in everybody's life, especially when we're talking to other people about it. I remember one preacher, I'll turn on this, he came in, I don't even want to say his name. I think it was the first time I seen this verse illustrated in this church. This guy got up and preached, I mean, I can't say, he got up and preached this whole message and it was the birds as they come off the trees and the bees as they fly through the air to land on the flowers and go through them. And I'm just like, and it was, it was well put together and it was just a lot of words. But I kind of looked over at my wife at the end and I go, did he even quote a Bible verse? <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, it's like he memorized the whole thing. And and I didn't know this, but the pastor told me later, he goes, yeah, Zane Pecker went up there and goes, can I see your notes? <laughs> so now he knows who it is. And the guy goes, no. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, you know, that was a lot of wisdom of words. One no power. Nobody got saved during that message. I honestly don't think I really got edified during that thing. I was just like, well, you know, it's kind of like a, that's been like a good creation science kind of theme. That was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. It got me thinking about how beautiful God made the world. But it really didn't have much of an effect. But God's Word will. Jesus Christ ought to should it in your heart. Verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. You know what? I'm not going to start preaching it. Just because the world thinks it's foolish. Remember, uh, Ryan. Gary's been bringing real Ryan. He got saved a while back. He's been going out and putting tracks at the public school tables, passing out tracks and witnessing to people. He's going to see a little bit. I said, man, keep doing it. You pray for him. He's going to see some opposition for it. It's not foolish what he's doing. But to the people that he's doing it to, they're like, look at this guy. And he's in a war zone in there. Teenage kid passing out tracks on co- on cafeteria tables in a public school. <laughs> Ooh, boy, you're going to get ridiculed. Yeah. And he's the kid, he's a good kid. He's not a big, strong guy. He's just a, he's a little guy, but he's got a good heart. And he's not scared to do it, which praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, it, it encouraged me. I was just kind of, because he's, anyhow, I got encouraged by that. I encouraged him, keep doing it. I'm going to pray for you. That's bold. I'm not going to stop at the foolishness. It's offensive to those people. It's the power of God. Verse number 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. That's uh, Isaiah 29, 14. For those that didn't know, that's what he quotes there. Verse number 20 says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish wisdom of this world? You know what that is? Where is all the educated people at? Where are all these educated people that are going to dispute it? Ryan's going to see a few. Oh, we don't believe that. You can still tell them. Still tell them about the cross. 
Verse 21, for all, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know, the world by wisdom knew not God. Your schools, your colleges, educated people, your philosophers, the Greeks that seek after wisdom. As the Bible says here. Romans 1.22 says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And we know that. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And you just got to think about that. The foolishness of preaching. That people come here to listen to somebody just ramble on about God. Hopefully about God. Not about the birds flying from trees to trees and like I've heard before. <laughs> you know. And I like listening to preaching. I listen to a lot of preaching. They got one pastor named Cody Zorn, and he's a different kind of a preacher. He gets, yeah, I mean, he's from Georgia. He'll get up and he'll start talking like this, say, you got to get right. And I mean, just, I mean, and he's in your car and you got to turn it down a little bit. <laughs> you know, and then he'll start talking quiet. You got to turn it back up. Then he'll start, you got to turn it back down. You gotta turn it back down. Bragging about God. Bragging about God. When we could just read about it, it's already written perfect. It's foolishness. But you know what? It pleases God. It pleases God that we all show up together. We all worship together. It pleases God hearing about His Son and us bragging on Him. I mean, I like listening to Brother David Nix. Brother David Nix, he, he, uh, he's one of the best preachers on the heart. And he's just, uh, he's got a handy, he says, man, I, he said, he told the Lord when he was called to preach, he says, Lord, I just want to preach to the people's hearts. And this is by his own testimony and his own words. He says, so the Lord gave me a handicapped daughter. And I tell you what, he don't get up and he doesn't hoot and holler and he don't do none of that. But when he preaches, he's preaching right at your heart. Man, I've been up, teared up in there. And man, he's one of my favorite preachers, Brother David Nix. And I like listening to that. The foolishness of preaching. I think of Pastor and Brother Bard. They're in their own category. The thinkers. <laughs> but I like listening to thinkers. Because it hurts sometimes. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I told you. I am not the high school graduate, you know. I uh I gotta go back and look at it sometimes. You know, I like that. I like Brother Dan Metters. He's one of my favorites too. They call him Preacher Dan down at Shady Acres Baptist Church. This guy get up and he just, I mean, this guy should write books. From the time he starts preaching, I'm just like this. And it's like he's reading a book, you know what I mean? Just telling this story that just flows and never stops and just, you get to done, you're just like, wow. Man, he's still, he's preached two life-changing messages that I've heard. The one was on Job after this Job lived and I think one of my my favorite title of all was 
was he preached on Genesis 19. He says, what I learned from reading Genesis 19 for a month. <laughs> that was his title. <laughs> and when I got, when he got done, I was all, <laughs> I thought you read that for a year. That was a lot of stuff you got out of there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Went up to him after the service and I told him, man, I really appreciate that message. And he goes, I go, I've always kind of felt, you know, you shouldn't stay too long in a passage. He goes, oh no, brother. He says, you keep digging. There's, there's, there's water down in that well. I said, amen, preacher. I will. I'll just keep digging. And I like listening to preaching. It's foolishness. But you know what? It, it'll help you. It'll edify you. I'm not going to say, oh, Dan Metters is better than pastor. And name of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. I'm just going to suck it all in and say, thank you, Lord, for calling somebody that, because I didn't get that revelation from before, just from reading, but now I'm hoping that's going to help me. God sent His Son, born of a virgin, die on a cross for my sins, buried, rose again on the third day, and believed in Him, call upon Him His Savior. You know, He still does that. He still does that. For the Jews require a sign, verse 22, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Educated carnal wisdom. Verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Like Pastor said this morning, you know what? They, they just don't get it. This doesn't make sense. It says, but, un, but unto them which are called, that's the saved, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and wisdom of God. And it says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I wrote these things down. These are cool. It says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You know, the Bible is referred to as the power of God in Matthew 22, verse 29. We won't turn there. Preaching of the cross is the power of God in 1 Corinthians 1.18. The gospel is the power of God, Romans 1.16. And the Holy Ghost is the power of God in Romans fifteen, nineteen. So you better take care of how you build, because I know now we got Jesus, God, Bible, cross, Holy Spirit. Amen. Power of God. There's five. The preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness. But to us is the power of God. Christ, the Bible, the cross, the gospel, the Holy Spirit, that's all the power of God. That'll help you. You need those. You need it. Kind of hurry up through this. For you see your calling, brethren, how there are not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, not many noble men are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of this world and the things which are despised, which God hath chosen, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. For the whole presence that no flesh should glory in His presence. 
And I kind of taught the teens there that not many things. That's kind of, I just kind of summed it up and talked to, talked with the kids. You know, not many things. The Lord ain't going to use many things. Not many mighty, but there's a few. David. But God has chosen the foolish things to found the things that are wise and chose the weak things of the world. I'll just kind of skip along, but the one is the Desmond, Desmond, is that his name? Desmond Doss. Anybody know who that is? Desmond Doss. It was, what was, uh, he was the one Okinawa, Japan. He fought in that war. He was a seven day Adventist. It's not unbroken. What's it? Hacksaw Ridge. The foolish things that confound the wise. He says, you know what? I don't want to go in there and shoot people because I'm a Christian. <laughs> You're like, what? Buddy, we're going to war. This is World War II, okay? But instead he goes, you know what? I'm just going to go over there and I'm going to start dragging people back without a gun. He saved up to 75 people. Didn't shoot one person. Sniper shot him in his arm. Somebody threw a grenade at him. He went to kick it and missed it and got a whole bunch of fragments in his body. I just read through that and the Holy Spirit just kind of think, kind of just gave me that one. I was like, man, yeah. God says, you know what? I'm going to use this guy to confound these mighty guys. Guys that are in there with their M1s. What did you do? I killed a bunch of people. Yeah, well, I just saved 75 of them. That's what they say. They saved between 50 and 100 with no gun. And that's noble. He became all that whole verse, in my opinion. My opinion. What a guy. Give himself for that. should be a memory, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in His presence. You know what? You're not going to be glorying in front of Jesus Christ at the judgment seat. Lord, look how good I am. You're not going to be glorying in His presence. That ain't going to happen. And if you try, God be merciful to you. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to get up off my hands and my knees until he says, Mike, Mike, why don't you look up here? <laughs> Lord, be merciful to me. I'm not going to glory in his presence. Look what I did. Probably going to have to answer for a few things. Going to keep their all on the altar. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You know, I guess that means that we weren't that wise if we had to be made unto that. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I guess we need all that. We were wicked, but He was righteous. We were unclean, but He sanctified us. We were lost and doomed, but we needed redeemed. That according as is written, He that glorious let Him glory in the Lord.
You know, that's all I want to glory in. I mean, I've achieved some things in life, but usually what that follows up right after, or first and foremost, is praise the Lord. That's all I try to say all the time in front of everybody now. Hey, Mike, that looks good. Praise the Lord. Hey, Mike, how did you do that? Praise the Lord. How did you praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Wouldn't have been here without Him. Wouldn't have happened without Him. And somebody asked me today downstairs of one of the little girls, what's the scariest thing a person you've ever seen in life? And my brain started going a little bit, and I says, man, I don't even want to go here. I heard a preacher say before, you know, it's a blessing just to forget some of the things he saved you from. But you go back and you know, all I want to say is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to glory in that. I say all that to say this. There's somebody else out there too that doesn't know the Lord. That needs to hear about Him. And even if they show up at church, and if we had divisions amongst ourselves and they could see that, you think they're going to stick around? Why would they? If we don't love each other. I mean, the church of Jonah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just carrying on. I'm just kind of, you know what I mean? I just want to see some people get saved. And I just want to glory in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's sing a song, Brother Dan. I'm done.